now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you, relaxed, rested, and ready after the bye week to break down a pretty interesting week 15 with my good buddy, Rich Hill. It's Thursday. Rich Hill, it all kicks off tonight with a pretty important game for everybody involved, Chiefs, Chargers, but most importantly, before we get into all that, how was your bye week? You're relaxed? You're rested? Great. Really great. I'm ready for the final four weeks of the NFL season. I think that the Patriots are in a great position to succeed. It's weird to have a mid-December bye week. Uh, it feels very late in the year. Like feels like we already had a full regular season here. Um, but I, I think for the Patriots, probably came at the just the right time. Uh, and I'm excited to see what they do over the rest of the season. Absolutely. It was good to have that. Get some injured players, some guys on the COVID list back on. Everyone seems relatively healthy, unless anything crazy happens over these next few days. They should be good to go for a Saturday night matchup at Indianapolis, which could, Rich Hill, could potentially have playoff implications implications if one of 15 things goes New England's (laughs) way this season. So let's go around the league and let's tie that in with the literally 15 potential playoff clinching scenarios the Patriots are faced with on Saturday. Again, they cannot clinch the division or first-round bye, but they can clinch at least a wild-card spot if a whole bunch of stuff happens in addition. The only problem, Rich, is they have to beat the Colts, obviously, and of every single playoff scenario that's available to them, it, they all hinge upon the bi week rested Dolphins hosting the Jets Sunday at 1 p.m. <laughs> the Dolphins have to lose to the Jets. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening either. Uh, this also can be directly linked to the week one game where the Patriots lost to the Dolphins. If that game went the other direction, uh, the Patriots would be in a much cleaner spot just to be clinching a playoff spot at right now um, and not being reliant on the GD Jets right now. Um, that said, that said, we were talking on, on Twitter earlier, and uh, you know the one thing that you can count on with the Jets is that they're never going to do the right thing. And for the Patriots fans, you know, there's that like there's the need like, you know, the right thing in this scenario is for the Jets to 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 beat the Dolphins to help the Patriots. So that won't happen. Right. But there is also that scenario where if the Jets win, it hurts their own draft position. So both like if, if the Jets win, that's great for the Patriots. Uh, if, if the, but also like, you know, it, it'll hurt the Jets if they win. So what's more Jetsy for them to beat the, the Dolphins and help the Patriots or for them to actually just lose? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the Dolphins are right in the thick of the playoff race, too. They had a pretty rough start to the season. But they are on fire as of late. We'll see if the bye week is one of those things where they kind of lost momentum and they got rusty. You never know with divisional matchups, but I just don't see a situation where the Jets lose, which, of course, means the Jets are going to jet and they'll come out and they'll pull it off. So who the hell knows? But again, Rich, that is just one game around the league that has potential implications for the Patriots. A lot of really good games this week, man, starting with the Chiefs Chargers tonight, the Chiefs and Chargers, the Chiefs looked really, really good the past couple of weeks, especially against the Raiders. They blew them out of the water. Chargers coming on strong. This should be a good game. We also have Raiders versus Browns implications on the line there. Titans can clinch the division against the Steelers. The Patriots beat the Colts on Saturday night. We've got the 
Gestalt, we talked about. We got Bengals and Broncos on Sunday. We got Packers Ravens Sunday afternoon that has some implications. A lot of games that will help decide the playoff picture come Tuesday morning. Yeah, totally. And you were talking about all the different playoff scenarios. And it's kind of helpful for the Patriots that all of these games are kind of linked uh, in the sense that you're not other than the uh, the Packers Ravens, where, you know, the Packers are in the NFC and, uh, you know, the, the very easy hope is for the Packers to beat the Ravens, who might be without Lamar Jackson. So that would be pretty likely. Uh, but outside of that game, all of these playoff contenders are facing off against each other where you have, you know, you mentioned Titans on the road against the Steelers, Bengals on the road against the Broncos, Raiders on the road against the Browns, Chiefs on the road against the Chargers. Uh, and then you can loop into this Patriots Colts game as well. Uh, you know, I will throw the Panthers on the road against the Bills just because you got that divisional component as well. I would be shocked if the Panthers pulled off the upset. Um, but, you know, that's out there as well. But for New England to win a playoff spot, you mentioned they, they have to win. And, or, you know, for one of like the generally potentially likely playoff scenarios, there's like a billion things that could happen. Um, but the like the most obvious ones are for the Patriots to win, the Dolphins to lose. So that way uh, the Dolphins, you know, even if they run the rest of the table and beat the Patriots in week 18, it won't be enough to beat the Patriots record. So you need the Dolphins to lose. Then there's a few other uh, coin flips that have to happen. You have uh, the Browns losing is one of the, the most key pieces for the, the Patriots to clinch this week. They have to lose to the Raiders, uh, which, Alec, uh, the entire Browns team has been hit by COVID. Their head coach is out with COVID. Their quarterback's yeah. out with COVID. They're, like, pretty much everybody uh, on their roster is on the, the unlikely to play, uh, especially with Saturday right around the corner, because of COVID. And so I feel like it's pretty likely that that game could go New England's way with a, a Raiders victory. Honestly, yeah, I think the Raiders are pretty embarrassed by what happened to them against the Chiefs. And a lot of times teams come have really bad loss, galvanize, especially when their season is more or less on the line. But, I mean, I think they're down to like their third or fourth string at almost every single position over in Cleveland. So I can definitely see the Raiders taking that one. As you mentioned, Baltimore may be without Lamar Jackson. Even with Lamar Jackson, the Packers are one of the best teams in the NFC. They can win that game outright. They're a better team. Denver. The Denver Broncos lose the Cincinnati Bengals, which is definitely possible. The Bengals are kind of on a tear right now. They're pretty hot. And then the Chargers Chiefs tonight. You know, in, in theory, you want Kansas City to lose that game because it helps uh, solidify the potential one seed for the Patriots. But if Denver loses, very possible. If Baltimore loses, very possible. If Cleveland loses, very possible. And if the Chargers lose, very possible. A New England win with a Miami loss would clinch them a playoff spot. I think that is the most likely scenario for me. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that does hinge on the, the Chargers-Chiefs game. So the way that the scenario works is that if the Chargers lose, as you say, uh, in addition to the Patriots winning and the Dolphins losing, you need to have a Browns loss, which seems possible, a Ravens loss, which seems likely if they don't have Lamar Jackson, and then a Broncos loss, which also seems likely. If, if that Chargers-Chiefs game this afternoon goes the opposite direction and the Chiefs lose, uh, the only difference is that the Patriots would need the Broncos to beat the Bengals, which I feel like is a tall order to ask because I think that this Broncos team uh, has been playing above its actual level for much of the season. And I think that this Bengals team just has a, a much better quarterback situation. And so I lean that way. Um, so I agree with you. I, I think that the most likely scenario uh, involves the Chargers losing tonight. Um, but I, I would say 
Uh, I think what is likely to happen is that the Patriots won't clinch this week, even though it seems very possible, because I do think that the Chargers have a very strong possibility to upset the Chiefs, uh, because the Chiefs have only looked good against the Raiders in the past seven games. They've played the Raiders twice in the past seven weeks, and they absolutely just annihilated them. But in those other five non-Raiders games, the Chiefs offense has averaged 14 points. That's it. Only 14 points per game with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, as well as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So this is not a, a, a team that is clicking on any side other than against the Raiders. So I'll be curious to see if the Chargers uh, will you know, put the Chiefs back into that negative space, uh, which I think is likely uh, and is like very possible. Um, and, and we might see a Chargers upset, but also see the, the Bengals win, which means that the Patriots won't clinch this week. Yeah, I will be rooting for a KC loss, not only because of that one seed, but because there also is my personal favorite playoff clinching scenario that involves a Kansas City loss. It is a Kansas City loss, a Denver loss, a Las Vegas loss, a Baltimore loss, a Steelers loss, a Jacksonville loss, a Minnesota loss, a Detroit loss, a Falcons win, <laughs> a Miami loss, and a New England win. If all those happen... Pat's clinched division. I can't think of more ridiculous or a playoff spot. Excuse me. I cannot think of a more ridiculous way to get into the playoffs <laughs> in Week 15 than that. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun to be rooting for all these games happening at once. Make for really fun Sundays. since New England has that Sunday off due to the Saturday night game. But again, Rich, none of this matters whatsoever unless the Patriots beat the Colts in yep. Indianapolis on Saturday night. That is the first and foremost priority. Both teams coming off the bye. Both teams started off kind of slow, have really come into their own as of late, have won some good games, have lost some close games. Their running game is dominant. They have mm -hmm. a good offensive line. A lot of similarities between these two teams, Rich. Yep, totally, totally. They're very much reliant on, on their rushing attacks. And, and I think where I would want to start is with the Patriots on offense because I think the strength of this Colts team is on their defense. Uh, I think that, like, obviously they're, they're fine on offense, but I, I think that their defense is a little bit more multiple uh, they have two really good linebackers and Darius Leonard, who's an all pro uh, and Bobby Okereke, who is like also very good next to him. They've run a pretty standard like two, 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 five defense. Nickel is their base. So they have two defensive tackles. They have two end players. They have two off the ball linebackers and they, their, their base has five defensive backs on the field and uh, up front DeForest Buckner is an all pro defensive lineman. He's great. Grover Stewart is an, outstanding nose tackle he doesn't blow out the stat sheet but if you watch him play he'll remind you a little bit of snacks harrison uh when he was doing things for the jets and the giants uh, and i think that he'll be a household name in a couple years uh, i know he's 28 but you know nose tackles take a little bit longer for people to recognize how good they are uh, but this colts defense is very stout up the middle they have some players uh, on the outside like they're pretty much a rotation on the edge uh, they have Quiddy Pay, uh, who, who uh, has been doing like a little bit uh, on the outside, but they, they basically have a four-man rotation on the edge. None of them are, are really outstanding in any measure. So I think you also look at the rotation that has been happening in their secondary, uh, not due to choice, but due to injury. Uh, outside of Kenny Moore, uh, who the former Patriot, who is their you know nickel back slash you know can play outside if they get forced into a base defense. Uh, this is a, a, a secondary that can be tested, and it's an edge of their defense that could be tested. So if I am New England, uh, I'm going to really be trying to stress the outside edges of this Colts defense and not go right up the gut. 
So you think it's a fair analysis, Rich, to say New England may be throwing more than three times on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's true. So something coming out of the Colts locker room this week is that they watched the Patriots against the Bills, and they're like, yeah, we're going to try and put the game in Mac Jones's hands, uh, which I feel like is weird to tip your hand so forwardly, um, especially against a team like the Patriots that always seem to find a way to use that to capitalize on uh, – a secondary that is not great. <laughs> and this is not like the the weakest part of this Colts roster is their secondary. Like they, they play like well enough to like force turnovers. And so that's something that the Patriots really need to be cognizant of. The the Colts have forced a turnover in every single game this season uh, and have forced multiple turnovers uh, in all but one of their past nine games, I think, or all one of their past eight games. Uh, there's only been three games this season where they've forced a single turnover. So they force multiple pretty much every week. So protecting the football will be key. But that said, uh, they rank 30th in the league in uh, like allowing touchdowns, 18th in efficiency. So this is uh, a team that is very boomer bust. They force a lot of turnovers. They play zone coverage. Uh, and so my X factor this week is actually going to be Jacoby Myers, because I think that Mac Jones is going to throw, obviously, for more than three times. Uh, but he's going to rely heavily on Jacoby Myers, who has not had a, you know, a, a huge breakout performance this season, uh, despite being very reliably the team's number one receiver. I think that this is a game where the the Colts will sell out to stop the run uh, because they're pretty weak against the run on a on an average basis. They rank 25th in yards allowed per carry, uh, and, and I think that the Patriots will like soften them by testing the edges a little bit. But I, I think that uh, Jacoby Myers needs to have his marquee, you know, headline performance of the season uh, in order to, you know, help, you know, knock down this Colts defensive peg, soften them up a bit, and maybe open up some opportunities for the tight ends. Yeah, Myers does seem to be that safety blank. You know, I can see him definitely having a big game. Have a bigger game against the Bills than, than heading to the Bills. I think that's a wild prediction. Uh, but I think this will be a passing game. And I do think that Mac Jones is capable of doing what he has to do to win this game. As for my X Factor, Rich, I'm really going to be reaching here, hoping for a Festivus miracle going forward <laughs> with it. But I'm, uh, I'm going with Nikhil Harry based on the game he had against the Bills on Monday night, how he played, how the Patriots utilized him as that extra tight end, that blocking wide receiver. He's a big body. This could be one of those scenarios where there's a lot of game tape of Harry close to the line, chipping on the crack toss and whatnot. A play action, they send him up the seam or down the line. He breaks one open. He's good at breaking tackles. You know, we've kind of been waiting for Harry to have a game-changing reception or play. hasn't happened yet. But based on how the Patriots used Harry last time they played – Maybe they open him up a little bit more and get him involved in the passing game. And when he's on the field, he's both a threat to block for the power run and they have to account for him in the play. Actually, the playbook up a little bit. So maybe Nikhil Harry finds his breakout game in 2021. I like that. When you say a breakout game, what, what kind of production are you thinking? Because I, I could see the Patriots having been set, like setting this stage for the entire season of him just doing those crack blocks. Uh, like, you know, going down to the line, like goal line, and then having him just fake it and then go for a fade and be wide open because he, they just won't cover him. Uh, I could see that where he has one of those, like, three catches for 14 yards and two scores kind of a day. I figure more like three catches for like 78 yards and, and like one score where he has like his, his like, his like two catches for for 11 yards and then like one 60 yard bomb where he's wide open. Something along those lines. Love it. Uh, I don't see him getting the ball a lot, 
but uh, I can see him being like that one play. This could be one of those games that comes down to like one or two plays deciding it. Maybe that Nikhil Harry breakout touchdown is going to be one that puts it away. Here's hoping. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I, I think uh, we're talking about the passing game a lot here. I do still think that the rushing attack will have success. I, I think that so long as the Patriots run away from DeForest Buckner, and that's basically what the Patriots tend to do when they face an all-pro defensive lineman is just go to the other side of the line, which is what they always do when they face like Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt in his prime, is you just go the other way, and it's been generally okay. Uh, I, I think that they need to obviously be focused on Darius Leonard, uh, these Colts linebackers are extremely fast, uh, but they're also not huge. So if the linemen can get a hand on them, then I, I, I think that the Patriots will be able to move them. Uh, cutback lanes will be huge. These are very aggressive linebackers that try to crash down into the gaps. Uh, and so having these tight ends blocking on the second level could open up a lot of big rushing lanes for Damian Harris, uh, if he's able to play, still dealing with that hamstring injury, uh, but also Ramondre Stevenson. This is a, a Colts team that I think you can run on. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily like imperative that you run on them in order to, to win the game. I, I think that the most important things that teams have done to beat the Colts uh, is protect the football. Uh, I, I think whenever the, the Colts force uh, or win the, the turnover margin, they have like a pretty, pretty strong victory rate right there. So New England needs to protect the football. Uh, I, I think that like they don't need to be focused on having like a high flying scoring attack. They need to just take what the Colts give them. Don't try to force anything that could lead to a turnover. Uh, and if they should do that, I think Mac Jones and the offense with both like the tight ends succeeding, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, if that happens, Kendrick Bourne, like all of these players, I think can contribute to, you know, a mid twenties point game. Uh, and I think if the Patriots defense can do their job, that should be enough. Well, let's talk Pat's defense, Rich Hill. Obviously, the Colts are a run-first team. Jonathan Taylor is more or less their offense. Their receiving core is very big. They're all about 6'2", 220 or over, save for T.Y. Hilton. But the Colts are obviously going to be running the ball first. Stopping the run will be a big focus for New England. However, it's easier said than done, and New England has struggled against the run this season. They just have. Most teams have been able to put up a decent chunk of running yardage on them. So overall initial impressions, Rich, Patriots defense against Jonathan Taylor, the Colts offensive line, and a pretty good running attack. How confident are you? I feel pretty good about this matchup. I feel like we've seen this in the past uh, couple of games where, or, you know, Bill's game notwithstanding, but you look at some of the other Patriots games where you look at, like, the game with the Falcons where Kyle Pitts was the only player that they had and against the, the Titans when they had just one real player that you needed to watch out for uh, and, you know, flag against Titans is that the Patriots weren't able to do a pretty good job of stopping the run. Um, but I, I think that you look at this Colts team and you say, okay, whether it's Jonathan Taylor or Hines in the backfield, Hines is more of their receiving back. Not saying that Taylor can't do that, but Hines has, you know, pretty even split. 261 rushing yards, 262 receiving yards. He spells Jonathan Taylor for a little bit. Um, but the Patriots need to focus entirely on stopping the running backs from having any sort of production because from the receiver position, uh, Michael Pittman, up and coming, very solid receiver out there. Uh, he's been averaging 67 yards per game. Uh, he, he leads the team in targets with 99. He will be active out there. I think J.C. Jackson will match up against him. I think that the Patriots will ensure that there's a deep safety to allow nothing to happen. Uh, would love for Jackson to come down with a turnover or two. That would be wonderful. Um, but outside of Pittman, 
I think that the Patriots have, uh, and I think that Jackson has the advantage over Pittman in that one, but I think every other matchup, the Patriots have a large advantage uh, over the receiver. Zach Paschal, who is kind of a slot receiver, is their other uh, receiver out there. Um, Not great. 346 receiving yards this year. He is not someone that changes the game. Uh, He is someone that I think Jalen Mills will do very well against. Uh, Jack Doyle, very reliable, solid tight end. Also not in that top tier. Uh, He's averaging 22 yards per game. They have a bunch of receivers that are averaging, you know, like two catches for like low 20 yards per game, which is like, okay, that's fine. Um, But none of them are going to break open the game in the way that perhaps Michael Pittman can as the receiver. So you got to dedicate your resources to stopping him. And I think the Patriots can, um, but definitely not in a way that Jonathan Taylor can take over the game. And so if you're Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, and you're like, okay, let's take away their top thing. Uh, it's obviously the rushing hack. It's obviously going to be trying to stop Jonathan Taylor from getting any sort of cutback lanes and into the second level. And so the Patriots are going to have to, you know, they'll play in their normal, you know, nickel defense. Um, but I think that they'll try to have more big bodies on the line of scrimmage. I would expect to see a bear front to ensure that there aren't a lot, there isn't a lot of movement because Quentin Nelson is an all pro lineman. Uh, They have a very strong interior line for the Colts and their tackles are starting to play a little bit better now that they've stabilized after injuries. So this is an improving offensive line. And so I think that the Patriots need to be very cognizant of not letting Jonathan Taylor get to that next level, not letting Naheem Hines get out into the open field to make players miss uh, and if they can do that, I think that they have a very strong chance of stopping this Colts offense uh, pretty much every down. Which leads to my next question, Rich Hill. If you are the Patriots defensive coordinators and the defensive line, particularly maybe even the linebackers, are you more worried about kind of the A-gap crashes or the cutbacks to the outside and stretching the field and setting the edge? Is setting the edge more important to you in this game or is blocking up the middle more important to you leaving this game? Because I'm basically trying to sign on my X-Factor between like a Devon Godshaw slash Lawrence Guy, like a Kyle Van Noy, who did a great job setting the edge against Buffalo. Of those two, if you had to pick stopping one, which one's more important to you, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I think the, the when you look at this Colts offense, they try to beat you in multiple different ways. Uh, and so if, if you dedicate all of your resources to stopping the outside runs, then they'll take what's on the inside. And if you stop what's on the inside, they'll try to get you to the outside. And they have different ways that they can do that. And so I don't think it's necessarily so much prioritizing stopping one of those versus the others versus, like, you need all five or six players on that line of scrimmage for the Patriots' defensive front to do their job. And I I think for me, it starts with Kyle Van Noy as my X factor. I I think that he has been playing some of the best football of his career over the past few weeks since he's recovered from his sickness, recovered from his injury. Um, But I think he has really elevated the play of this front. I think that Christian Barmore has been very good. Uh, Devon Godshaw is coming off the best game of his career. Uh, I think Lawrence Guy is always reliable. Judon is playing his best football of his career. Bentley and Hightower are also playing the best football of their career. But uh, Van Noy, for my money, has been the best player of this Patriots defensive front during their winning streak. And so he is someone that I think will be huge uh, in being able to stop this Colts defense, uh, whether it's from setting the edge to make sure that Jonathan Taylor doesn't get out there, um, but also, you know, 
containing Carson Wentz so he doesn't scramble, uh, and also just you know shepherding Jonathan Taylor back to the inside, uh, regardless of the style of rushing attack, uh, and just push him right into Godshaw, push him right into Bentley and Hightower. Uh, and, and that's why I think that Van Noy needs to have a, another really strong outing in order for the Patriots to stop this rushing attack. It's always amazing how players like Van Noy go elsewhere after showing how good they are with the Patriots, aren't utilized correctly, or whatever the case may be, come back to New England and just dominate. Um, kind of like a Jamie Collins situation. He's been kind of a, a boom-bust guy since his entire career, but I love Van Noy. He's like a quintessential Patriot as well. You think Van Noy, you love him there with the, the Mike Rabels and the Rob Ninkoviches. They're really, they always find linebackers like that, and, and I love them. I love how I picked two potential X-Factors. You stole one of them, Rich. That leaves me, by default... <laughs> I'm going with Devon Godshaw as my X-Factor. Again, great Love game it. against the Bills. He's that space eater in the middle. If they're going to stop the the middle runs, it's going to be a combination of him, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore. I think Godshaw is kind of the big man of those of those three big men. Uh, and I think he's going to have to do a good job against, as you mentioned, it's a very good offensive line. So getting that initial push and stopping the run early is going to be really important. If they just can get up a couple of scores and force the Colts to become more one-dimensional, that really bodes well for New England. But it all starts up front, and Godshaw versus the center of the Colts, whose name escapes me. He's back, but he's a little injured or sick right now. Brian Kelly, thank you. Uh, I think he's been in and out with illnesses, so I don't know how strong he's going to be. That match could hopefully decide the game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you add in... uh... Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, like they're two really strong players on the inside. Godshaw, I think Lawrence Guy has been playing extremely well in recent weeks. There's been a few highlights of him just completely blowing up the rushing plays. He's not going to do that against Quentin Nelson. That just doesn't happen. Um, but I, I think that if, if they, you know, if, if they can win almost as many as they lose to Quentin Nelson on the inside, then it's going to be a very good day for this Patriots team uh, because I think that the Patriots' talent matches up well and surpasses the talent of the Colts at pretty much every other position. Um, and I, honestly, I, I think that uh, if, if the players like Adrian Phillips is out are out there and they're able to make sure that Carson Wentz doesn't scramble because he is liable to do that um, and make sure that Hines doesn't break out as a receiver, which like he can do, he can go off for some big catches, uh, so long as the, the Patriots are in the second level, very sound tacklers. If they can force a couple turnovers, this is not a team that turns the ball over. They do a very good job. Uh, I guess, uh, of making sure that they force turnovers. Um, but they, uh, I think they also just protect the ball pretty well. Um, that if, if the Patriots, you know, Buccaneers game notwithstanding, where they had five turnovers, uh, but if the Patriots can, can force a turnover and protect the ball, stop the run, uh, and, and then take advantage of that secondary of the Colts, I think that the Patriots should be in a great position to win this game uh, and move one step closer to clinching a playoff spot. Which is as good a transition as any into whether or not the Patriots are going to win this game based on our predictions. Uh, Rich Hill, we differed last time. I thought the Bills would win at home and lose at Gillette. You thought the Patriots were going to win. We neither of us saw the way they were going to win coming, but a win <laughs> is a win. And that gives you the check mark for the last week. You get first crack at it. Pats are traveling to Indianapolis Saturday night. I think at 830 it kicks off. Who do you got? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I, I'm going to choose the Patriots on this one, and I feel pretty good about it. I think that the Patriots are a more talented team. I think they have a more talented defense. I think that they uh, do a very good job uh, in taking advantage of what opposing teams give them. And I think that this Colts defense is predicated on teams not being willing to do that and trying to force plays that don't exist. And I think Mac Jones is going to be coached to 
take what is there. And that's why I think Jacoby Myers is going to have a huge game because I imagine those six, seven yard passes to Jacoby Myers will be there all night long. Uh, and the Colts are going to hope that he's going to, you know, throw an incomplete pass and force a third and long situation. Um, but I, I think that the Patriots will be able to convert those. So that said, I think that the Patriots are going to win. I think that the Colts are going to score more points against this Patriots defense than any team has uh, since that Chargers game back in week eight, because I do think that like Jonathan Taylor is very good. And the way that the Patriots defended the run against the Titans made me feel bad. Um, I did not like that one bit where they allowed 270 rushing yards. I believe that was the most rushing yards allowed in Bill Belichick's tenure with the Patriots. Like it was a bad day against the run. Um, I imagine that the Patriots will have coached to stop some of those things and make some adjustments, but I still think that there will be weaknesses for the Colts to be able to exploit. Uh, but I don't think that the Colts will be able to just dominate in the way that they have uh, against some other teams. I also think that the Patriots will do well against this Colts passing attack. And if the Patriots can get a two score lead, it'll make the Colts very one dimensional and they just don't have the talent to keep up. And I think that's going to be what happens. I, I think that this Patriots team is going to get out early uh, with a victory and, and then kind of just put the pressure on the Colts and kind of squeeze them in a way that we've seen them do in the past. Uh, I, I think that the Patriots are, are going to be able to win this one. Colts might have a garbage time score towards the end of it. Um, but I, I think that the Patriots are going to win this one, something along the lines of 27 to 17. 27 to 17 Patriots. All right, Rich. I like that. I think it's been the average 35 to 10 has been the score of the Patriots games as of late. This is interesting for me. Obviously, I do think the Patriots are going to win as well. Their concerns are coming off the bye. New England has been rusty off the bye in weeks or years past. Excuse me. I don't know if a, a late bye week will factor in. Rookie quarterback, college, they don't play this long into the season. Is it hard to manage him? So there are some, some external factors that could decide the game. Indy might need this more than the, the Patriots do in terms of staying alive in the, the playoff race. They're at home in the dome, blah, blah, blah. I think it's going to be a much slower and more methodical game than we've seen in the past. I don't think either team will be able to stop the run fully effectively. It's going to lead to a lot of long, sustained drives. It's all about tightening up in the red zone, which the Patriots do, and hopefully getting better at scoring in the red zone when the Patriots just struggle a little bit, relying on Nick Folk a little too much. Mm -hmm. That said, the Patriots will pull this out, I think. Uh, I'm kind of in the same point range as you are, Rich. I think the Patriots are going to score 23, Colts are going to score 13, and the Patriots win by 10. Ooh, I like that. I like it a lot. I'm not worried about Mac Jones hitting the wall. He just had two weeks off, uh, so I, I think that he should be ready to go. He he uh, <laughs> hasn't really been needed as of late, so I, I think that he'll be ready to go. I think he'll rise to the challenge that the Colts present, um, and so I'm excited to see how this game goes. I think that the Patriots uh, should be able to to beat this Colts team, which I think is like still going to be a good win. I think that this is a good Colts team. I think that they are not as good as their winning like as of late suggests. Um, but I think that they are still a quality team. So <clears throat> we will see. Patriots uh, will be on the road against the Colts at 8.20 this Saturday. Uh, very excited to see if the Patriots can take care of business because then uh, we will have our eyes on the rest of the playoff scenarios to see uh, you know, if the Jets can topple down the Dolphins. That would just be fun to see. Um, Alec, do you have any final thoughts as we head into week 15 of the NFL season? Just one thing to say, and I hate to say it, but it rings true, and I feel gross already. Let's go Jets. Ugh. All right. Well, I hope you never have to say that again, Alec. Uh, put some soap <laughs> on that tongue. That is gross. Um, and until next time, you have a good one.
You too, buddy. See ya. Later, man.